for those of you guys in the know, uh, there is only one ranker that is truly respected across the board. No. Um, in we California, were gonna, for sure. In California, for sure, okay? I think he's probably the only one that gets a call asking for help from CIF <laughs> because they don't give a damn about anybody else. But yeah. I'm pretty sure... Oh, man, we... There's legit. I don't know if you saw anything about the girl side, but there were some weight classes that were atrocious, yeah. and they were called. CIF was called directly, and by one of our our co contributors also, and they just said, tough luck. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Did you call so, them in advance, a couple of days in advance. Yeah. Oh, immediately. Sunday. Yeah, immediately, oh, wow. and got nothing afterward. They, I guess, after they realize like he's on the podcast and we do kind of get a couple of viewers then they called and we're like hey you know it is what it is but generally don't matter <laughs> like it doesn't matter if you're trump himself they don't like i don't care <laughs> so yeah but anyhow mr michael cho that was pronounced it cho cho's fine all right fine or what is it I, I, I'm like Sandra Stevens. I want to uh, make sure. The reason why I say right. it is because I, I work at a company that, uh, that, have, that has like a strong China connection. So I have coronavirus. But, uh, that's say, uh, luckily you're over there. It's, it's a show. <laughs> so I'm used to being show, but it's show. It's show. It's show. I'm not okay. I'm Korean. So oh, we should make him a shirt. We could. We should make him a shirt. Are you ranked on the back? Faux show. That's really show. Faux show. <laughs> that's awesome okay so um for the people that are new okay or born under a rock um michael does the state rankings for the boys and it is to say the least in depth um i would i'm accurate uh sensible yeah. um i mean really they are as close to faultless as you can get probably but uh, she'll be helpful about it, but they're, they're on point. They're on point. And, you know, to, and it means something to kids to be, to even be on a, yeah, yeah to get a dash. Once they get a dash, yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. I'm on a dash. Well, yeah, that's that's they, the whole, that's the whole reason behind it, right? Like everybody knows the top 10 guys. I mean, you get a pretty mm -hmm. good feel for even top 12 guys, but it's mm -hmm. those guys that are like in the 25, 30, 35 range. will never get the time of day. But again, there's, you know, 22,600 wrestlers. If you do top 12 guys, and that's like 0.7% of the wrestling population, right? So even if you go top 60, it's like 4%, right? So that's kind of the whole point of it is like, I want to also give, you know, the proper respect to the guys that make state, but may not be like the top 10 guys. So that was kind of the whole basis of it, but it just kind of snowballed from there. Nice. So oh. you began though, what, like, t tell us from how it began, because now I, when people yeah. look at those it's like it's overwhelming. Like who does all? Like people assume it's a committee. It's not yeah, a I guy. Wish it was a committee, dude. What? <laughs> you know, hopefully I don't swear too much. You guys. No, oh, don't fine. worry. Don't oh. worry. Oh, we're right. good. Oh, we're on, we go out. We get the it's, e on uh, on iTunes. We get the e sometimes. <laughs> well, it's a fucking mess sometimes, right? There we go. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's the way it started was. I, mean, I guess I could tell you like the origin story of the rankings. So you know, about like twenty years ago, I was a. I was a pretty shitty wrestler, pretty okay coach, you know, and then I moved to New York and I spent about seven, eight years there. So before I moved to New York, I was like, I'm going to go to grad school in New York. I'll come back and coach a team in my home section, which is Central Coast section, Bay Area. And I said, I'll keep these rankings going just to, you know, almost for selfish reasons, right? Because when I get back, I'll know everybody who's good. I can stay in contact with all the coaches. But then I ended up 
staying in New York for seven, eight years. And when I came back, I was just so busy with work and family, I kept just doing the rankings, right? And then 2010, 2011, um, the, the California wrestler, you know, Bill Grant, Al Fontes, they said, can you do the state rankings? You know, and I, I thought it would be pretty fun to do. I had no idea how much time it would take. And it's, it's actually, I'd say during the season, it takes about 25 hours a week. Oh, crazy. That's you know, crazy. I got to find 25 hours somehow, right? Yeah, so I'm sitting yeah. at home like Sunday night, 2 a.m. My wife's like, all right, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. Mike's downstairs <laughs> in the office clacking away. It can't be good, right? Whatever he's doing down there, it can't <laughs> be good. So like it, it takes that much of time and effort trying to release it. And um, But after a while, you kind of get used to it. You know, It's kind of the strange. I got a wealth of useless knowledge that really applies to no one, right? If you give me like five schools right now in California, I could probably name off some of their best guys, which is useless, right? Like how that could help in real life. But, but in what I do, it actually helps, you know? So um, it's well, congratulations. Kind of crazy. I had a podcast with guys who are in the nothing but useless. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, but my, my, my philosophy is this, right? And I take this very, very seriously is that the coaches out there, and there's a lot of good coaches out there that spend more time than I do uh, during the season, four months out of the year, 30, 35, 40. I mean, they spend all their Saturdays at a tournament, right? But the least I can do if I'm not coaching, if I'm not helping the kids directly, is to do the rankings, right? And if I have to grind away 25 hours and, you know, spell Giannakopoulos or Escobedo Guillermo, you know, 500 <laughs> times a year, that's fine. You know, that's totally fine. I'll do that. I'll have arthritis eventually, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Carpal tunnel. <laughs> do, you, yeah, do you find do you find at the beginning it takes the most time to get kind of like your 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 top forty in a weight, and then from there it's just kind of moving placings and bringing yeah, yeah, some yeah. new guys here and there. Yeah, I, I think the preseason takes the longest, but there's there's already like a process in place. You know, it, it just starts with all the returning state medalists, all the state qualifiers is about twenty twenty five per weight, and then you layer in all the sectional placers who didn't make state. Then under that, you take in incoming top freshmen. There's always a bunch of top freshmen. And then guys that were injured or ineligible. And then you just eventually have a list of about 60 guys. Then you then I send out about, about 100 emails to coaches and say, look, here's what I have, your guys. You know, Hopefully they fit in your lineup. Any thoughts? Any feedback? Am I missing anyone? And and I couldn't do this without the coaches' feedback. And there's, there's you know, well over 100 of them. So they get back to me. I shuffle some things around and just get it started, right? These rankings will fluctuate any given week. A guy can go up 10 spots, drop 10 spots, no big deal. You know, what I always tell people that that email me about the rankings specifically is if you don't think your kid is at a right place, he'll, if, he'll, he'll, he'll come to fruition in a couple of weeks, right? If he gets good head-to-head, if he has good results, he'll eventually be up there. Yeah, the rankings are important. Rankings are worthless, right? Seedings are important. That's my opinion. So to mm-hmm. ensure good seating, I have to get, have good rankings throughout the year. So that's my philosophy. Now, do you rank according to like CIF state seating criteria or do you have like a ranker's discretion that you kind of? It, yeah, that's a really good question because it, it depends, right? Because, you know, I, I like to say the way I do it is just a common tournament, right? You, you get the state medalists, returning state medalists, returning state qualifiers, you know, head to head, usually trumps all, right? And then common opponents and stuff like that. But at the end of the year, it's also body of work, right? Because you have so many conflicting head-to-heads. Wrestler A beats B, B beats C, C beats A over and over and over again. So there's a, there is a little bit of discretion. But, you know, hopefully I've proven that I have pretty good judgment. And uh, 
no, I'm trying to be fair. I, I have no bias. I have no direct ties to any program at all. So that helps. That helps. Yeah, that, that really helps because I sat in the master's girls seating meeting and it was a mess, you know, and you had head to heads that were kind of completely disregarded because they had a head to head, but then they had a bunch of bad losses too. So yeah. by the time you get that head to head, now they're all moved off the the top eight anyway. And, you know, they only seed to top eight uh, for girls for masters and then top eight for state as well, which I think it's great. You guys, what, do 16 now for Yeah, we state? did 16. Yeah. yeah. I think top eight's good, but I'd go 12 minimum for state. I mean, yeah. there's what, 32 girl bracket, right? At state on the yeah. other side. Yeah. And you can go to 12 and then, you know, the eight and nine, they're always so close. 10 and right. seven. I mean, it, right. it and then, make and, a difference. And we had three unseated girls, you know, make the finals and yeah. one of them won. So, you know, it's yeah, it and, would, and the issue with that is that it's not necessarily the unseated girl that gets screwed, it's the girl that's seated, right? That has to face the unseated girl, like uh, Nyla Valencia 106, right? right. She, has, she has to beat some really legitimate people on the way, but she beat them too early, right? Right, and you know, that's kind of that's you know, that that happens, right? But I think overall, for the, on the girl side at state, um, I did some data crunching, they did okay in terms of the seeds and how they ended up meddling. I think it was like 85, 86 of the 112 eventual medalists were seated. So they did a really good job. But then, you know, those three um, unseated wrestlers that ended up in the finals, that, that kind of stood out. Yeah. yeah. Well, what was the boys' percentage? Boys' percentage, 112 medalists, um, 109 were top 12. The, on the, the only three that weren't were, I think, 13, 17. And then... Uh, Vacaville had a guy at 120 who was not seated, but um, he placed seventh at 120. He kind of had a, I mean, he, he wrestled fantastic. Vacaville guys are hammers, but, but he, he got a great he bracket. A blood round, blood round default to uh, Negretti, who was the number one guy who got upset in the right. game, So Kind of a fortuitous draw, but um, I don't really care about the medals. I care about the quarterfinalists because right. after the quarterfinals, anything could happen, right? We've seen yeah. it so many times where a kid has a tough quarterfinal loss and they just totally drop off. Right. But as long as the quarterfinalists are in line, and this year was, I missed it. I'm kind of pissed off because I had 111 at 112 quarterfinalists were top 16. And the only one was number 17. And that, that was at 126 where the number five, number 10 seeds didn't show. So I mean, uh, it could have been the golden draw, but you know, right. no one cares about this except me, right? I'm been. the only one that's like sad about it, but you know, it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. And I think for the, on the boys' side, the most important thing is that the guys that are seated just they all they always show up, right? There's you, there's always upsets, right? But very rarely do you get like a num like a guy in the 20s or 25 beat a top eight seed. It's it, very right. very rare. So. um it's not necessarily my rankings or seedings that are good. It's just that all the seeds always live up to potential. So right. I give them the credit. I, I don't do anything. And and those those kids, your top seeds, are usually getting that quality competition throughout the year and proving themselves over and over again that that they are yeah. the, the legit top 8, 10, 12 kids in yeah, the state. Yeah, it, it, that's really helpful on the boys' side. I know on the girls' side, there's a couple big tournaments, right? Like mm-hmm. Napa, uh, yeah. Corona, uh, some tournaments like that. But on the boys' side, you know, you have Doc Buchanan, which is harder than state, in my opinion, because you have all the out-of-state schools. And you have a lot of state medalists who don't even place there. Um, 
You have Tim Brown up in Sacramento. You have Gilroy Midcals. You have Five Counties. You got Temecula Valley, even CIT. You have all these, you know, these endless tournaments. Even Zinkin, you know, anything in the central section is, is pretty tough. Right. So, uh, with that, you just have a good idea of, of the head-to-heads and how to slot guys. And of course, I mean, there's going to be upsets at state. I mean, at um, 120, the lost to a guy that he beat back-to-back weekends the previous two weekends had really no issue five one six one back-to-back weekends lost him in the quarterfinals two to one so you know there, there are instances like that but it's an eight against the one you know so uh you know the guy who was eight was legitimate um he's really legitimate i could talk hours about that kid but um very legitimate kid and then those things happen but in general the the season body of work is a is an important criteria for me and uh, it usually plays out pretty well so how do you think okay because thinking back to when you started and things like that, the girls are really in the beginning stages in terms of like how important these rankings are. Um, what are some key things that you think it's important for somebody who wants to take on this endeavor of doing the rankings needs to keep in mind? I, I drafted some notes. You have to bear with me. I prepared for uh, this stuff, you know? So <laughs> what? You're prepared? How, I yeah, would, have, yeah. would have never thought. Well, it's the, the, <laughs> the one thing that, that I always pound the table on is just transparency, right? We know mm-hmm. the what, but it's like the why. Like why, you know, provide the key head-to-heads, provide something that tells us, you know, this makes sense. There's a logical reason why one is above two, is above three, is above four. Um, another one is um, also do instead of top eight, do top 12 or 16. I mean, there's already 6,000 girls in California wrestling, 10, 12% growth year over year. So in a matter of a couple of years, you're going to be talking about 10, 12, 15,000 girls, you know? To get it started now and have a good base and then just work from there. So um, I, I would see 12, 16 girls at minimum. Even top 20 would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now but, it's uh, kind of hard to do because there's not a lot of crossover. Yeah, you were saying with yeah, the boys, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. not a lot. And so you got some some schools that don't go north. You got some schools yeah. that, I mean, they'll or they'll go north to, for one specific tournament. Nobody really goes to the tournament. So it's like, okay, they avoid Napa. You know, so it makes it difficult to get that crossover to get a good solid 20. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even but you, at that. Uh, but you could still have an objective 20 that would still yeah. separate those. Just make sense, you know, just yeah. let it make sense and have the data back it up. Um, and also just use the coaches for leverage. I don't know. See, I don't I don't know who's, who does the girls' rankings. I don't know the people involved. I know it's a, I think it's a committee basis, yeah. but I don't know if they interact with the coaches at all. But you know, once you build kind of a relationship with the coaches, you don't have to be buddy-buddy with them, right? You're not there to make friends with them. Yeah. But they can provide those insights about the lineup. And I, what I noticed about the girl side is that there's a lot of fluctuation in weight, right? At least when I did the girl CCS rankings, I mean, we have qualifier now, but in years past, you have girls like dropping one, two weights for CCS. I mean, it's, it's insane. You can't really properly assess who goes where. But, um, you know, coaches can provide that kind of background intel, right? So. Yeah. You know, build relationships with with. This isn't going to happen in one year, right? It's going to take a couple of years to, you know, really get the ball rolling, have the transparency, have the connections, and kind of the network of coaches that you can trust. You know, they're valuable sources for for data and information. That's so, um, that's something that Brian Bruno was just asking right now. Like, could you help for some uh, familiarity in the rankings? It's like oh, yeah, he yeah. does the CCS, right? Don't expect too yeah, much yeah. more than that. Yeah, yeah. So right now I do CCS boys. CCS girls. I did CCS boys. I mean, like I said, from very early on. So, in 19 years, I'm friggin' uh, a dinosaur for CCS boys. CCS girls is a little more recent. I think about four or five years. And then, you know, for state level, it's 2011. So, between those three, I mean, 
if I had more time, if I had more hours in my week, <laughs> I'd love to help out on the girls' side. I mean, I would love to, right? I mean, it, it's just I have two young girls. They'll, they'll probably be wrestling in you know ten years or so. But you know, I so have to get started with that. Yeah, but uh, it's just so many hours, right? I already know how it's going to be, you know, because the way I operate is that you know when I commit to something, I just I, I can't half-ass it, right? So. I tack on at least another 10 hours and then I'm going to get kicked out of my house. I'm going to have to live with one of you guys. And then hey, like, what do we do? Well, clearly we have a garage. <laughs> yeah. I'll be right next to you in the car, right? There we go. Yeah. Pass your seat. It'll be like, like Josh and I were for the broadcast at CIF. One microphone, two guys. Yeah. <laughs> two guys. Were general, whoever's in, again, I don't know who's it, who does the, the girls ranking. I think they have a good start. Like I said, with the seedings, they know the, you know, they know the good, they know the good gals, you know, the, the top day, they, they align pretty well, but I think it's just like, like what I do is I want to publicize the other kids, right. The, the 12 through 40, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I get people that say, you know, they send me an email, but all their, you know, season data, like, do you think I can make the list? And it's like those kind of things, they're excited, right. About that kind of stuff. And if I put a thousand kids on my list, that's still 4% of the, the, the you know, the boys wrestling population in California, that's minuscule, that's, you know, Okay, let's talk about this then. Let's go with this. Give us your general format that you use. Okay, Michael comes in beginning of the season. Obviously, he's getting rid of the seniors. Boom. Yep. Yeah. And let me let me ask this: like even um, like a Maximo Renteria, like his freshman year after he like made the world team, whatever at ninety six pounds or whatever that was, but. Do you make them because me and Ramos disagree on this ranking season thing? Like, do you make them earn it before he, or you just put them kind of in that where you kind of think he rank. should be? Yeah, like last year for the preseason, uh, I put Maximo Martinez from Bosco. Uh-huh. I mean, he actually grew too much during the season, so he ended up going 120s, got third in state, you know, extraordinary. Effort. Right. But he was number two preseason for me at 106. I mean, he's proven him. The good thing is that they, they wrestle a lot of quality guys at like the World Challenge, at Freak Show, at Folk Style State, Freestyle Greco. Freestyle Greco is a little different, right? But there's enough Folk Style um, data out there that, that you know, I don't want to put him at 12. I, I guess I could put him at 12, right? And he'll burn his way up, right? But it's fine. But, you know, for a guy like, for an incoming freshman who's truly a stud, you know, I, I'll put him up there. I, you know, it's, it's no big deal. And again, if they falter, they'll fall. I mean, I do these rankings every week, right? So if they lose a bunch of matches, right, I could just drop them down. So I'm not too worried about that. Well, it's like when Morgan, when like when Morgan McIntosh got no love yeah. his freshman year, you know, then oh, he's got to prove it. He's got to prove it, you know, on the girls. Well, I mean, even last year I had a there's a Calvary Chapel kid, uh, I think Luke Gayer. Uh-huh. Last year the 132 pounder, and I remember seeing the brackets, you know, his brackets when he went to tournaments. He wasn't seen. He was going against a number two or number three seed in the second or, you know, first round. And I had him in, you know, top 25, you know, starting off because, you know, he's, he's just proven that he can stick with the, the high school kids. And, and time and time again, we see, you know, eighth graders beat high schoolers. And that's mm-hmm. got to mean something, right? So, yeah, I understand that, you know, some people will say just prove it. And, you know, if he was off the list early on, he'll eventually get on. But I, I like to give them a little credit uh, also coming in. Okay. So the beginning, take off all the – seniors slide everybody up and then incoming freshmen if they got a resume then they're going to do some damage then put them where you think they are and then from there let them swim like okay if they're going to sink or swim 
Like, even the incoming freshmen, it's not like there's a bunch of them, right? There's usually a whole bunch of them at 106, 13, and then a handful like 20, 26. By the time you get to the middle witch, you might have one in the top 40, maybe an HM, you know, honorable mm-hmm. mention. But I think the, the process is pretty easy. State medalists, state qualifiers. Understand that state qualifiers are not created equal, right? Because uh, Southern Section 10, who didn't qualify for state, he could probably beat most of the state qualifiers, let's say, the last state qualifiers from, let's say, Northern, San Diego, Central Coast, North Coast. So it's not necessarily state qualifiers automatically get, you know, at right. the top, right? Yeah. I'll put in the SS10 at number 10. I'll put the, you know, Central Coast 5, whatever, at, at number 12. So just head-to-heads from the previous year kind of gets wiped out. But if they're in a really tough weight, like Southern Section 132 this year, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt as well. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put them ahead of some of the other state qualifiers from, let's say, the less uh, powerhouse sections. Okay. And then you start with 60 guys, you know, 40, uh, top 40, 10 HM, a bunch of dashes, and then, you know, just kind of sort them out throughout the year, add more kids on the list as they beat the guys on the list. And then, you know, again, every week, everything fluctuates, right? So, um now, you know, by the end. now, where do you get your results from? That's a big thing too, because on the girls' side, we'll get tournaments that are run, and guys will yeah. hold the hold the the brackets, and it's like, where where do you get them? So wh- why is that though on the girls' side? Um, I think it's more play. Like they, some people like the power of it. Oh, they want it, and I'm not giving it to them. Some of it's like just playing the game. Like, oh, we don't want people to see who's where. They took a loss, or somebody they know took a loss. They don't uh, publish it. To, to not hurt them. So just different reasons. But I think I think the other thing is like at least in Southern California is instead of using track or even TMI, a lot of them are using yeah. this like the wrestling tourney or some like educational software that's doing and it's hard for them to like export them into a PDF, you know, like hard for them. I don't know why, but to export them into a PDF and publish them on the forum or publish them somewhere, you know, like I think that's part of the issue too. Is you, know, you literally could take a picture with your phone of your toes and send it to Fiji I right get, now. I get, yeah, like uh, I think ninety-five percent of the results are available: track wrestling, TMI, um, flow. You know, the flow arena, mm-hmm. um, the wrestling tourney, and then whatever else coaches usually send them to me. Right. So, um, I yeah, I, I'll miss a bunch of like let's say those dual meet tournaments. Mm-hmm. You know, because those aren't really tracked very well. Yeah. But if they're if there's a legitimate head to head, I'll usually have a coach say, Hey, you know, X B Y at this dual meet tournament, make sure you log that. So that's totally fine too. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really have any issue with the data. I think it's just the sheer volume of data that, that on, the, on, on the boys' side, do you get coaches trying to like hide a little bit what weight the kid's actually gonna go? Or is it not really? Not really. Because when I when I do the preseason I say, look. I want to put the kids in the right spot. Tell me where you think the kids are going to be in January, right? And I'll put them there. So even if the kid's at 170 to start the season, if the, if the coach thinks he's going to be at 160, I'll put him at 160 in the preseason, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if, if that just kind of saves me a little a little work, right? And um, also, it, you know, some weight classes can be really, really congested because everyone, let's say, starts at 160. Some kids drop down to 152 and 145. So, I don't know, most of the coaches are pretty transparent. I mean, I, I think, you know, they understand that I, I don't have any agenda. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if they say off the record, I'll keep it off the record too. But usually the off the record stuff is, um, you know, drama or uh, <laughs> talking BS about other coaches or another wrestler. Or like, or, a, or like a wrestle-off, injuries. right? I mean, yeah, you got like, like, 
like Selma with the rest of Pee Wee didn't even make it. You know, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, weird. That's just, yeah, I, I had an idea. You know, he, he, they were pretty clear about what they wanted to do with uh, Jacob, but um, it was going to be pretty tough because they were so loaded at, you know, 13, 20, 26, 32. So um, they wanted him to go to a certain way. Yeah. And, um, Pretty rough, pretty rough cut. Yeah. So, uh, well, I think a thing, too that, a thing too that happens on the girl side that I don't think happens on the boy side is they'll hold out all year and hold their seed, hold their ranking. Yeah, I mean, I you, you almost see that in the NCAAs too, right? Yeah. Division one. If you look mm-hmm. at some of the records, some guys are like twelve and zero going into conference finals. You're like, where have they been all year long, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just indicative of the whole, you know, I guess wrestling scene. But yeah, that's one thing that that if I had to say I, I don't like is our, our kids that are, I wouldn't say held out on purpose, but if they're not a hundred percent, you know, you see this at Doc Buchanan all the time. Yeah. I, um, I see the seeds pretty early. I see kind of the, the, the roster pretty early. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, you're like, Oh, where, where, where's this kid? You know, why isn't your stud 32 counter at this tournament? Like, ah, oh, he's not, you know, he's not a hundred percent. It's kind of a national level tournament. We don't want him to get hurt, you know, stuff like that. That's tough. That's tough to kind of consider because, you know, people say, I mean, I people say all the time about defaults, injury defaults, how do you count forfeits, how do you count all that stuff, but also kids that miss tournaments, right? You know, that step yeah. out on tournaments where they could have mm-hmm. legitimate head-to-heads with three, four guys. So, yeah, that's just... I how do you handle discretion, that? Just discretion. Discretion. And I'll usually get or, in touch with the coach and say what happened, you know? Uh, like, I'll give you an example, and I, I don't like the name names, but Nagao says he won state. I mean, I guess I... He was out pretty early in the year, and um, he had a, a, a couple injuries that, uh, you know, I didn't really want to disclose to anyone, but I didn't. But, you know, when people asked, I said, he'll be back. He's just banged up right now. They want to be – he wants to go, but, you know, the coaches and staff and trainers, they want to be extra cautious, which is fine, right? I'll keep him at number one. He's already proven. He's already won state, you know? And, again, by the time Southern section rolls around, if he gets beat or if he gets beat up or, you know, whatever, he'll drop, right? But – he was a special case in a way because um, he's a returning state champion, really, really crowded weight class. Anyone of, let's say, four or five guys probably had the legitimate case for a top two ranking. Um, and then also Southern Masters kind of screwed mm-hmm. up in the yeah. power because he defaulted in the final, right? So, yeah. so, like, technically, technically, right, he could have dropped to, like, two or three and then everyone else drops down. But, uh, you know, just... The, the people that I that that provided information about certain wrestlers over the years you, you build a trust with them right so you you, you take what they say seriously but you, you trust what their judgment is right so it happens to, with a lot of kids right but I mean if if the relationship is good and they've always been transparent and they've always been upfront yeah I take that into consideration okay so just to be clear okay anybody listening yeah. that might be on the bubble okay? Swipe out your seniors. Yep. Start with state placers. Right. State qualifiers. Yep. And they're not all created equal. Nope. And then then so just the, go from there. Like, yeah, from, from there is like the top guys who didn't make state, right? And also guys that might have been injured and ineligible for the season. You just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I keep all this stuff. So, I, you know, it, it's just a matter of plugging guys in year to year. Mm-hmm. Um and then just remember, preseason is preseason, right? I mean, any a guy could be at number forty to start the year; he could be top ten by by end of December, right? So, so, um, if, so if a kid didn't place at high school state, but they have a crazy summer, they place at Fargo, they make a jump. They they could make a jump, right? Um, the the 
not necessarily Fargo because that's freestyle Greco, and you know there's a little bit of a um, little bit of discretion that needs to be put on the weighting of freestyle Greco Roman tournaments. But like let's say the World Challenge, let's say Freak Freak Show, those are pretty big tournaments. Super Thirty Two, they're very big season tournaments, and you often see you know top guys go at it, and then guys that are state medalists go against guys that weren't. Like Andrew Sparks is a good example, right? You know he was a monster his senior year, right? But he, he had some really good preseason results. I put him at, what, number five or six preseason. Maybe even higher than that. But, I mean, you know, there, there are cases like that, you know, where, um, you know, off-season results, especially the ones leading up to the, the start of the season, they're pretty important. Okay. Now, what about um, blowback? That's, I think, another thing that keeps a lot of people yeah. from maybe trying to do it. Yeah. Blowback, you know. I think on the girls' side, bridge. too, people are, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but Coaches seem to be, certain coaches seem to be very aggressive, you know, and pretty vocal about it, you know, and maybe it's just with me. I don't know. What do you think, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think it's funny that, I, I think it's funny that people think like we do the rankings or have anything, you know, to do with the rankings because we get a lot of, we get a lot of emails and messages on the podcast, like Facebook page and stuff like oh my gosh, how are you doing the rankings like this when this person beat this person? We'll get like big paragraphs from moms <laughs> or coaches. Um, and we're like, hey, we can just pass it on, uh, pass on the info, but we're not doing the rankings. There, there's a good not question so, there. Coaches good... not so much. Coaches no. not so much. Because I think, you know, most of them, they, they, they know me and they know kind of how I process things. So, you know, they'll provide constructive feedback, but it'll never, it won't be negative, right? Yeah. They might say, you know, my guy's 25, I think he's top 10, top 11, whatever. But I'll be like, that's good. You know, give me the reasoning. Give me the data why you think he's up there or should be up there. And then we'll kind of take it from there. I, I disagree with people all the time. It's like I told you, it's, it's the wrestling moms. That <laughs> I was going to say, who's the worst? Who's the worst? Wrestling moms. Wrestling moms. It's like, a, okay. the, you know. Hey, like, let's, let's, oh. let's put my corner right now, Mike. You, you know, you're in the know. Richie Figueroa, Arizona State or Ohio State? Uh, no idea. <laughs> He's a smart man, right there. I, you, know, but I, you know, I, I think he'll go Division One, though. That's that's he'll probably go Division One. Yeah. Okay, Maximo versus uh, Richie. Uh, if you he, had Max, Maximo agreed on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that. Wait, what? That, like, what would be the that, that somebody was saying they're both trying to be four timers. Who can stop who? You know, and then well, I mean, you saw that with like Daryl Vasquez yeah. and Palomino, Palomino. Right? Uh, wow. but the difference was yeah, Vasquez, the, he, the difference was though was that Vasquez was a, was a young underclassman and Palomino was a senior. This, oh, you're talking about guys, yeah, these are two three timers at the same time. Well, so, I think Maximo is going to probably be at twenty six to thirty twos next year, right? So it's, it's a matter of Figueroa bumping up. Yeah, Figueroa would have to. That's a big bump. He's a little guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't say who. That's not my job. Right? I can't say. Who. I can't. Yeah, say who. No, okay. this guy's let's, let's go. Let's guy's see, these guys both graduating. What about Jesse Vasquez versus Chase Saldate? Who wins in that? Yeah, one? that's the one. I you know in the forum I brought that up because um, it's interesting because when they were juniors, uh, Vasquez beat Saldate. I think six three at, in the state finals at one thirty eight, and it was it was a you know it was just I think Vasquez was so superior on his feet yeah. that year. But then Saldate, like this, he's a monster, right? right. He's at 52s, his wrestling, like yeah, he his closest match this year was nine four against uh against California opposition against uh, the Rancho Bernardo kid who he ended up pinning at state finals. So 
he really didn't have too much of a tough match uh, this year against California opponents. I, I'd go if they let's say wrestled at one fifty. Um, I go Saldade. Yeah, because he's just. I think from from a technical perspective, he's he's a, he's become a monster on top, mm-hmm. right? So I think neutral will be even. Um, and what I wrote in the forum is that he'll just ride him out in overtime. It'll be three three ultimate tiebreaker, and uh, Saldade will win. Okay, now battle battle of the four timers. Okay, so all things equal, Daryl Vasquez versus uh, uh, Jesse Vasquez. Battle of the Vasquez. Woo! Daryl was good. No, Daryl was awesome. Yeah, I mean when when he was going after Palomino, he uh, made a concerted effort to go after Palomino. Oh, well, they met twice when, during the year and split. Yeah, right? they, the year before actually, uh, I think Vasquez beat him at Reno TOC, so yeah. he was familiar with Palomino, but when Palomino was a senior, Vasquez was a junior. Vasquez bumped up a weight to purposely go after him. Uh, yeah. I remember he could have gone the lower weight. There was there wasn't really a, a you know a, a great Bakersfield wrestler hey, at the lower weight. He, he should have been in the finals. You seen him get stuck in the semis? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was stuck in the tapping. He was so pinned. He was tapping on on the uh, hammer kid, and they yeah, didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. swallowed their whistle on that I, one. Yeah, I, yeah, that's. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you, yeah I always say refs, they shouldn't be aware of the magnitude of the, the match, the location of the match, or the score of the match when they make calls. But I think uh, I think for that one, they, they knew well aware, like, who was wrestling and what was at stake. Yeah, yeah. So, I agree. That's a pretty tough one. Okay, so who did you have? Vas- uh, for, which, uh, Vasquez. Uh, oh, Vasquez would know. win. <laughs> no, you know who would win? Derek Moore would win. Derek oh. Moore. Oh. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, oh Derek Moore. I, I, I ribbed Josh because I because he knows he knows current wrestling history, but he doesn't knows nothing about real wrestling history. So I jab just him. I, just because I don't know the girls who won state in like nineteen ninety nine before it was a real <laughs> before it was real state. No, even the boys. I tried to get you to name the four timers. You couldn't do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. Right. It took uh-huh. me a while. Four of them. Yeah. Took me a while. I forgot Neville's. That's who I forgot when I was. There you go. So it was Vasquez, Mejia, Neville's, and Vasquez now. So yeah, so two Clovis guys and uh, yeah, two Vasquez. Uh, and then now, uh, next people, year, people are probably like flipping over right now. Like this is the girls' podcast. You know why we're talking Ooh. about this right now? So that the people realize that on the girl side. You could talk about this kind of stuff, and it's not hurting anybody's feelings. You're not hurting a kid's feelings. It's okay to talk about this kind of stuff because we try to talk about it, and people get very sensitive. Oh, you're talking about kids, or you're bad mouthing kids. Any time that you're having a discussion, it's good. It's a good thing, you know. Yeah, as long as you're not going out of your way to bash them, kid. Right? I no. mean, I think it's, I think it's uh, it's okay. And and we go out, we do go out of our way to try to. Um... <laughs> encourage no 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 that's you not me (laughs) we do go out of our way to try to encourage some of these superstars that aren't getting tough matches all year long some of these girls like cristal rodriguez is just running through everybody right she doesn't even spend any time on the match i am to like meet up at these tournaments and try to say you know let's go you know and it and it has happened like at esperanza tournament we had lea gaetan and cristal rodriguez two former state champs meet in the finals a great match and they ended up both deciding they were going to stay at 111s. Um, but I think it's great for the sport, but some parents get a little sensitive about you're calling my kid out or you're picking on my kid or you're betting against my kid. We've heard, you know, it's like, 
It's like nobody's <laughs> betting against it. Well, some people were actually betting. Yeah, I guess. Tell me if there is. I guess. I guess yes. There, Michael's I like, guess let's go. There was a bookie on the floor at State, evidently, because I saw somebody giving somebody what? 50 bucks. But um, I, don't I mean, know. when I used to go to state, uh, the meet, we used to do kind of just amongst ourselves, like yeah, pick, pick the winners in the in the finals, right? right that's like, what, let's put five bucks in. That's what we do at right? NCAA's too. We did yeah. a little pool, like everybody yeah. puts in five bucks, and no, you know what we would do? We would do we would do that that, that the the cup game the cup game for for baseball. We would call, we would all be on a mat, right? Okay, a mat. So there's like three of us in a row. Okay, every match. Or every period, we put a dollar in the in the in the cup, <laughs> and you have to hold the cup. And if there's a pin that happens in that period, you get the cup. Like you're like ah, yeah. all this money. So it, that makes it so much more fun because then you're really cheering your ass off. Just don't. Yeah, I mean, so. there, there's a difference between like degenerate gambling and having fun. Right. right? I mean, there's a very clear line. So. Yeah, just yeah, don't wave fun. wave a flag while you're doing it. People get real mad about that. Um. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't know your guys' reputation. You know, uh, you know, this is kind of like wrestle Tinder. You know, I just swipe right. Yeah, you know? exactly. So I, I don't know <laughs> what your reputations are, but you, I mean, do people really have negative opinion on your podcast or you know negative feedback? I don't see any just, reason why they would. Just people on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, I yeah, that's all. <laughs> no, some people get upset if we have certain guests on that may not be people's favorite or whatnot. We don't care. We're just, you know, we just did it to highlight, you know, girls wrestling and like kind of like you do with the rankings, like give these kids some notoriety for, you know, they don't even they might get a little thing in their local newspaper once in a great while or if, even yeah. if that. And, you know, at least we're talking about matchups and talking about who's up and coming and you know, what's going on in freestyle, folk style, everything um, in California. I think too, yeah, I mean, I think that's a big thing, right? Is to be able to tell, to put a kid's name and put rank X in state. It's a big thing. I mean, that's huge. And especially if we start doing it more for the girls, it becomes a very big thing, you know, because it, anything that promotes the sports good, right? Like like as long as it's in a positive manner. And that's kind of like where I'm always coming from. I'm, I'm, Josh is always like, Josh is like the the good guy. He's the one who's like overall state. Like I'm like, how do we make it more fun? Like if it costs somebody else, I don't care. I just want somebody, I want it to be more fun and more exciting, you know? And that's kind of where I get in trouble because I think I have pretty good ideas. People steal them all the time, like a podcast. And let me ask you this question then. If you want to make it more exciting, not necessarily exciting, but the, a lot of the feedback I get from the, the boy side is that, you know, right now the state finals is run concurrently boys and girls at the same time. What's your what's your thought on that? I think yeah. it's been it's been great. I think for for the girls side it's been great, but, but at, at the not time the tournament itself, yeah. but the finals, the finals. But see, that's the thing though, right? The, the girls caught the heat because they happened to take away the stage at the exact same time that they insert the girls. So the girls got blowback as if it was their fault. Which when the really, stage the stage was going away no matter what. I don't know if they told you that, but last year the stage was going away because it cost the cif state set up. set up money to pay the union guys and that it took that longer break and everything i think it's a horrible idea i would like to see but people would complain about the finals going too long i'd like to see yeah. one after the other after the other or i would even be cool with friday night girls finals like wrestle thursday wrestle friday have friday night girls finals have a girls only session on thursday girls boys mixed on on friday Friday night finals and then boys only Saturday. Be fine with that, yeah. you know, and have a stage there and do it like U.S. Open or anything else and run the stage the whole tournament. You know, leave it up the whole time. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, even if we started late on Wednesday, started late on Wednesday 
and then got that first that first day out of the way. Second day come in and Camino and um, you know, <laughs> I think that would be fine. I I would be totally for that because I think a lot of people would stay still too to see the girls finals if they're just running over. Like oh yeah, you know, let's stick around and watch these girls hit the finals. Yeah, and, but, and this year the, this year the finals were much better than the last years as far as. The superiority of the number one girls was so much higher last year. Yeah, it was just fall, yeah. fall, 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 fall. We were done 30 minutes, 20-something minutes earlier than the boys. This year, girls actually went longer due to injury time or actually matches going. I don't know. But, um, you know, it, it seemed a lot more equitable where the ones and twos wasn't that far of a gap. Or if they, or if it was that far of a gap, they weren't getting pinned. They were getting, yeah. you know, tech yeah. followed or majored. But, yeah. So that was a that I think yeah in that regard it could be better, but I think it's been good. I'm not gonna knock it entirely because I was super skeptical. I thought it was dumb. Thought it was too soon. I thought the, they were gonna shit on the girls, but no, it's actually the way they have it done. It's perfect. Like the time yeah. frames, everything's been good. You know, and then having those three days, it just lends to a lot of more flexibility in terms of not having to cram so many. Everyone gets out at nine o'clock. It's like, you know. There's, there's, there's more time. And, and to me, that first set, that first day could go an extra hour longer too. I mean, so could that second day. That second day we got out pretty early. I mean, I guess a lot of us coaches are used to running those marathon, uh, you know, yeah. whatever tournament we might send our kid, bring our kids to national tournaments, you know, even it's freak show or whatever. We're there for arena worlds. We're there for 14 hours straight, you know, coaching multiple sessions, but yeah. I mean, it is nice to have the little break and stuff, but dude, I drove yeah. home. <laughs> yeah, I drove home. Like it's ridiculous. So yeah, they could definitely stretch that out. But I, for us, I think it's, I think it's a good thing. But what are some other things too you think that could add to the excitement of girl side? You know, or even just wrestling as a whole. I mean, I try. To, I think about it in terms of like, okay, what other sports get all the fanfare or more exciting people go to? And I'm like, hey, what can we do with re- in at wrestling that they do at NCAA basketball games or whatever football games, you know, any of that stuff? You know, I try to do what I can, but I don't know. I think there's there's some crossover. I think that needs to start happening. Otherwise, we're just going to stay the same. Just you know, only people that we attract are the people that participate. Not really yeah, a lot of fun yeah. with that. So I don't know. But are there a lot of dual meets on the girl side? More yeah. now than there. Yeah, more now than there were, but there's still a lot of forfeits. I think on, you know, when there is. You think a, a, like a state dual tournament, like they held for the boys for the first time this past season, is that feasible in, uh, for the next five years? Yeah, or? I think in four or five years it would be feasible, but not yet. It would be, you know, I don't think it'd be. There'd be maybe what twelve teams in the whole state that could maybe bring a full, yeah, full dual lineup. lineup. Yeah. Yeah, because you look at the top four teams in state, not all of them have full. I mean, Pittman has four girls. Uh, you know, San Fernando has a full team. Logan has a full team. But then everybody else is like two placers, one placer, you know, like, yeah. So it wasn't, you know, really any. I mean, even for us, if we had one extra placer that we could have had, we would have been in the top, you know, 10, yeah. top five. But we don't have more than six girls on the team ever. So. Yeah, it's kind of hard right now, but I think it's growing for sure. So, all right, Josh. Is, do you want- is what? Oh, hold okay. on. I'll ask my couple more questions. Do you okay. think 40 for the boys is not enough people? Because I 
you know, I follow a lot of wrestling. I, I really Facebook. want that to the as well. Because I, I saw I it on Facebook. Some of these guys, like, I'd go yeah, I, I, do, I do too. But some of these are like, oh, you should be more competitive at each stage of the – they were complaining about PA or New Jersey or some stupid, you know, some state that sucks, not as good as us. But, um, you know, they were complaining. I, I think the more the better, especially for the growth of the sport. I think, yeah. you know, CIF looks at it as money. I look at it as growth. You know, I'm a proponent of divisions for boys. Would I like my son? Oh, you're so shut up. <laughs> Move. Would I like oh. my Would I like my son to be the state champ, the state champ in California? Absolutely. But for the whole growth of the whole sport, can't I be. Think, Let's give everybody a ribbon. Oh, dude, you liberal. You'll, I'll give oh. you. A pink, I'll give you a pink ribbon. God, you want a bow with that? Oh gosh, are you drinking a martini in that glass? Nope. I'm on the fence for divisions. It's just. Yeah, I, I see the argument on both sides. I just I, I don't have a clear answer. Because you're a man. For the, <laughs> for the current state format, I mean, we already have 40, right? 40 might – it's not necessarily controversial, but not necessarily all the best guys are at state, right? right. Because you have a couple of the weaker sections that are auto-qualifying. And my, my kind of take on this is that I want to dilute the less – um, the lesser sections qualifiers that oftentimes just qualify automatically when one or two matches and then mm-hmm. they're in they're in state. Um, I want to dilute the impact of those kids by putting in more of the kids from let's say the thumb section. Yeah, like, section. like a lot of our SS tens or elevens yeah. have beaten if you kids. Do a that... between the SS tens against any the last qualifier from any other section. Oh, I live in Russia. I can't make the team. Josh, you're the one who bitches more than anybody about (laughs) wrestle for other countries just because they can't make the team to go to another country. But now you're like, oh, these guys can't get through because these guys got spots. You sissy. Oh, my God. 48 48 on the boys' side. They already have out brackets. Just get, you know. Yeah, it takes 10 more minutes in a weight class to run it. See the six top sixteen guys. They get first round buys. Everybody else has a first round match. I mean, it's pretty easy. Yeah, If you're an American, Southern. if you're an American, it's easy. If you're, if you if you're communist, you wouldn't understand it, Ramos. <laughs> no, no, you're a communist. You want to give everybody a state qualifier. No, that's I want socialism. No, that's socialism, American. not communism. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. You want you want to be a you want to kind of feel the burn flag on the back of that podcast oh flag right now. Gosh. I you just want to give a hat right now. Let me give everybody a state qualifying patch. Oh, oh Mary. here's a participation medal while you're at it. Goodness but gracious. For the Southern section, I think everybody understands that in any given week, if you had the Southern Masters tournament, the top four guys will be the top four guys. The five through nine guys in any given week could be totally different, right? These weight classes go 20 deep. In my rankings during the year, there's usually 25, 30 Southern guys. It's a function of how many Southern schools there are. Like, what, 40% of the, the state schools are in Southern section? But also, these guys keep beating the other guys, right? They keep beating the other guys from other sections, right? So you get put on the list. So, you know, in the Southern section, I know it's based on the number of state medals over, you know, rolling three years or whatever, but there's so many quality Southern guys who don't make state or they're top okay. in Southern section that, that should be a state. I have the best idea ever. You guys uh, ready for this? Because Michael's obviously very busy with the boys during the year. But what if once a year he goes through, let's say, the state bracket and just kind of like does the numbers? Like, boom, this many low place southern section people actually like did had quality wins at state or whatever, or placed or however you want to work the metric around. 
and then people can like look at least have that to look forward to from somebody that they really everybody really respects and like okay you know it's the southern sections bottom th- you know three which everybody complains about oh why do you get so many actually won this many matches compared to these other sections bottom two or one or whatever it is and then that way people get an idea of exactly how tough it is to get through the southern section how tough the southern section or any section might be to get through because the sj i think maybe outplaces us historically in the southern section but i think their lower qualifiers aren't doing as well at state so i actually did the i did the yeah. numbers last weekend or last week with anthony kind of when, I, think were, I know i'm just saying like how many each section got of medalists and la only got five medalists well that's what i'm saying like not just that but just actually that the lower qualifiers what people call lower qualifiers that five through eight and then whatever percentage that is you know what the bottom 50 40 percent whatever versus the bottom 40 percent of somebody getting you know a four four qualifiers or something and just okay heads up this is is how many wins they got versus each other you know versus the other sections I think someone on the forum broke it down. It's a massive undertaking, but I think someone broke it down. And, you know, usually the Southern, the last qualifier from Southern section, they're the best performing last qualifier from any section, right? So you compare SS9 against CS10, CCS3, San Diego 4, Northern section 2. SS9 usually has the best winning percentage, right? And um, it's also anecdotal, right? In in the history of state meets, um, you know, it would take scanning through all the brackets, but I'm sure there's been a, more than a couple of SS9s who placed at state, you know? Yeah. So, it, John says LA2 and 3s, nobody placed. <laughs> None of the LA2 or 3s placed. Last round. Bruno, Bruno is a mediocre assistant coach, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading the comments as we're talking. <laughs> but yeah, that might be interesting. So let's see here. All right, Josh, do you want to go ahead and run through your tournament you wanted to go through? Uh, well, I think we're going to ask how your girl did at folks. Uh, before we get to the whole results, how'd your girl do, Ramos? I didn't go uh, there. There was, a, there was a Cerritos girl that was there, just so you, I, I saw the brackets. Nobody listened under Somar, though. Oh, okay. Just checking. Okay. We'll have words later. <laughs> Final results. Let me get all the way past all these boys. Let's see here. Cadet girls, 94. What do you want? You want to do all of them or there's a lot of names? There's a lot. No, just, just, just give the finalists, like the, I don't know, quality top, placers. Top three? Any surprise, any surprise losses too. Okay. All right. At uh, 100, oh, there's actually a 90, 94 girls. Uh, Alexis Garza, Titan Mercury over Brenda Martinez, Ayala Smash. Which is little Martina's sister, right? Sophia and BK. Samantha Martinez. BK okay. Martinez. All right. Um, Bruno, you uh, you'll be waiting till the next Napa. Ky- Kylie Tablado of Smash Gems over Jalen Jaylene Betts. She's you see tough. some. You keep seeing names yeah. over and over again. You know, brothers, sisters. Um, okay, let's see. That was at 106. Uh, at 106 was uh, Diana Oliveris of Red Wave over Austria Holland of All American Elite. 
Uh, Carmen Perez of Windsor got third. Uh, Tiara Sakamoto got fifth of Santa Monica. She was like Sakamoto got lost, fifth. Lost in the blood round of state and got fifth. Dude, that girl's tough. How tight was that weight class? I don't know. It must have been tough. I mean, I think Oliveras beat Sakamoto in the front side from, from looking at it today. And then she lost, dropped a couple in the backside. I don't know if she's hurt still. She got banged up at state. I know that. To come back a week later and do this is kind of weird. Or, I don't know, dumb, whatever you want to look at. Uh, 112, Lexi Beatles. Swamp Monsters got first. Marissa Pericchio of Lamore got second. Marisol Rodriguez got third. Um, I don't really recognize any of these other names as far as like state placers or anything. Uh, Cadet Girls, 117. Crystal Rodriguez got lucky again, winning. Bruno. Of Titan Mercury over uh, Carmela Foley. Dude, you know how many people came up to me at high school state and were like, dude, you know Cejudo's here? Stupid Bruno's over there telling everybody Henry Cejudo's over there. (laughs) Well, you guys both are short and have big heads. I don't know. You're not Henry? I thought you're Henry. No? Jesus. Why am I on this podcast? I was making you Yeah, see, he got, he got tricked. He thought he was on the I wanted to give Cejudo you a gold medal. Where's your gold medal? Oh, Jesus. Triple C. <laughs> uh, 122. Uh, Janita Garcia, Swamp Monster, over Isabella Holly. Um, and then Melody Hernandez of Redwood got third. Who's Sienna Sands? Is she one of your Bakersfield girls? Yeah, she. Uh, she she's tough. Ciara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One twenty. One twenty-seven. So, what's crazy? Some of these girls, they hit the buffet between <laughs> in one week. I mean, we're talking girls. Michael was talking about up. girls dropping weights. <laughs> like they went up one, weights. They went from one eleven. And 116 yeah. to 127. So we had Leia Gaetan of Titan Mercury and Savannah Lewis double forfeited to each other for whatever reason, I guess, because they're teammates. Uh, they both got second. Are they then, really? Uh, Are they really? Yeah. I don't know. This week they were. Kimberly <laughs> Larson of Petaluma got third. That's a CCS, right? Petaluma? Is that CCS? No, North Coast. North Coast. North Coast. North Coast. Yeah. Uh, that's 127, 132. Uh, Leah Brown of LEWA over Atlanta, Washington, Evergreen, Evergreen Washington wrestling. Washington sophomore. She's pretty good. I think she missed state by one place. I think she took fifth, top four advanced state. So she's pretty solid. She's pretty young too, so she'll be pretty good in the next couple of years. Oh, there's a girl from SOTLA. I didn't know that club was still going on out here. I'm going to have to ask Jimmy about that. Yeah. Cassandra Funes. Okay, Cadet Girls 138. Uh, Megan Stotsbury of Orland uh, over Leilani Frazier of Crusher. Um, I don't see any other. I mean, these are the younger girls, so. Yeah. A lot of these. Uh, but yeah, it seems like the younger girls are getting better and better every year. So we'll, we'll recognize these names in a year or so. Uh, at 144, Genesis Arnalis of Topanga. Over Kennedy Brown, Capital Christian. Uh, 60, uh, 52, Brianna Juarez of Dirty Bird Wrestling. Over Hannah Deuce of Sunnyvale. 
Yeah, Fremont. So the second and third places are from CCS. They're both state qualifiers. Dali Arua of G Style. I think yeah, they should have. Solvang. Solvang is G Style? Uh, Soldad. 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 Yeah. Dude, those, uh, those, they got some girls at Soldad. Yep. They got some pretty sick singlets, too. I'm not going to lie. Oh, you did them? No, I didn't. Oh. They're sick. I'm not going to lie. Um, 64, Samantha Calkins of Delta Wrestling Club over Alyssa Arana of San Fernando. Dude, um, wait till you see the juniors at that weight class. There's some wins there. Uh, 80 is uh, Janita Lopez. It looked like a round robin. Uh, Janita Lopez of Madera South over Elizabeth Rojas of Madera South. And uh, Miriam Avila of Ukiah. So that's the girls' cadets. And then team results. I know Titan Mercury won cadet juniors. I mean cadet girls. And then for team results for junior girls, they had a tie at 45 <laughs> points apiece between Titan Mercury, your two favorite teams, Titan Mercury and Swamp Monsters. But they, they put together a team. They took them to Folk Style State. I know Somar is more uh, freestyle driven. They are only freestyle driven. But I'm just happy that they finally learned how to turn a list in. Yeah. Because last year they, they were gifted a title. So this mm -hmm. year he got it. So good for him. So at Freestyle State, or at Folk Style State and Freestyle State, Michael, you have to turn in a list of your point scorers in order to actually score points. Um, not too many people do. And that's the reason why a lot of teams keep winning it year after year. They're just smart enough to get enough girls to place and yeah, turn a list in. People care. I guess yeah, they, people care. Yeah, they do. Care. But yeah, they. Because really <laughs> one team was what team was literally like just collecting a trophy every year, and nobody was competing against them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were yeah, just giving yeah, me my trophy, yeah. and then the first year we won it, they were like giving me a trophy, and they're like, "Uh, hold up, the winners already got it, and oh, nice. they beat you pretty handily." So they were like, "What? No, they didn't turn a list. Oh, yeah, they did." So now people now people turn in lists, which is good. All right, at a hundred pounds, we have uh, Kylie Tablado of Smash Gyms yeah, over Madison Menlo Atherton, Menlo Atherton girl. Uh, she had a little bit of bump around Napa, a little bump around Napa where she maybe didn't wasn't wrestling as well as she did at the end of the year, but. I saw her at one of our events once, I think, and then uh, just uh, just talking to her, following her on social media and stuff. Like you could see, she was gonna make a good run at the end, and she did. She took good yeah. at the end of the year. Only a freshman. Only a freshman. Yeah, I need room to grow. And then uh, Madison Avila, I recognize that name too. PMA Wrestling. I don't know what school she's at, but I, I've seen her name quite a bit. Um, one hundred six, Lizette Rodriguez, state champ. From James Logan Wrestling got first. Haley Ward, Titan Mercury. I mean, these girls are going to be so happy to get out of high school, but then they're going to go wrestle each other in college. They had to have, they've had to have wrestled each other 60 to 70 times, I would assume. Growing up, they've always been the same weight. They're always meeting the finals or semis of freestyle, folk style, Greco, everywhere. Every tournament during the season, if they're at the same tournament, they're meeting. And then to add Melissa Lee got third. Yeah. She's in that whole group. They've been wrestling each other forever. Yeah. Um, some studs. Um, Jacqueline Placentia got fifth down there. I recognize that. I think that's Amber Placentia's little sister. Um, that's North Salinas, I think. Uh, let's see. 112. Lexi Beatles doubled up. Got first in juniors and cadets. 
She's super uh, tough. Yeah. Well, she showed mm-hmm. it. She made the state finals and put up a good fight against Cristal, at least on the mat. And Cristal owned it on the on her feet, but on the mat, she was tough. Um, against Reina Prasad of Santa Monica. Um, and then uh, any other names that I Marissa Pericchio Pericchio of uh, Lamar. And Samantha. Perico and then uh, Samantha Cabrera of Lamar too, and then Patricia Arana of San Fernando got fifth. Let's see here, junior girls one seventeen. Cristal Rodriguez doubled up, got first. Artemisia Materia of Albany got second, and and she got sixth at state at one elevens also. Um, Sixth, uh, third place was Sarah Fernandez of Los Banos and Alyssa Guardiola from Paloma Valley, aka Titan Mercury Wrestling Club, got fourth. Vivi Garcia was back. She missed yeah. the high, high school season. She got seventh place. Um, she. Let's see, Janita at uh, one twenty-two. Janita Garcia. I've not heard of this girl. Oh, she got fourth. In state. Never mind. She she's was, from Lathrop. Yeah, let's say she's, she's from Lathrop. She's a freshman. Yeah, SJ two. Okay, and she got fourth in state. So she she uh, got first. Michaela Troche, Troche of Coyota Wrestling. That's the girl who gave Soto a tough match. I didn't see it, but I saw the results, and somebody had said something like a 6-7, 7-8 match in the quarters of state, but then came back and didn't place. Um, she got second. Uh, Charlotte Kuyumjian of Titan Mercury got third, and then uh, Skyly Butler got fourth. That was a, I mean, Gerline Bular was up in the state rankings at, towards a little bit, and she got sixth. Isabella Holly got seventh. That was a tough little weight class right there. Um, 127, Alicia Navarez got first. Isabella Evans got second. Uh, Savannah Lewis got third. Uh, Destiny Campbell of ASG got fourth. Let's see other else. I don't really recognize any of those other names. Twenty-seven. You can. Uh, one. Oh, did I did I skip twenty-sevens or was it? No, that was okay. Thirty-two. Niall Jernigan of Unattached. I know what high school she goes to, but um, she got first. Southern Section Club. Yeah. Hmm. Alana Washington of Evergreen Valley got second. Ever uh, Emily Alderman got third. What weight were those girls? Season. I'm trying to look at trying 131, to 131 Alderman got fifth at state. Okay. Um, and then Alana Washington, I don't see her as a placer. She was she doesn't... was a six of CCS. She lost three matches in a row, all really close ones at CCS after the semis. Wow. So she's legit, but um, you know, she also placed, I think, in the cadet folk style as well. But um, she's only she's young, sophomore. Evergreen has a really good program. She'll be back next year. She'll be great. Oh, good for her. Getting a bear, all right. Getting getting a bear in the junior division. Um, Alini uh, Aleni Fakosi yeah, of Sunnyvale. She wrestles for Lincoln High School in San Jose. She was a state placer as well. Look at this knowledge. Oh, 
Is she a CCS girl? CCS, yeah, CCS. Oh, jeez. Like, <laughs> he's like, rattled, he's rattling <laughs> his mouth. Like, you can't be such shit. Oh, what do I have to bring to the podcast? Oh, nothing. But the but the section we don't ever hear anything from. Like, we great I, to have somebody there. Why didn't you guys get in touch with me for CCS girls? Dude, we've been screaming for months. For months. We didn't even know you knew me. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, now we know who's wrong. Yeah, yep. that's right. There we go. You just, you just bought yourself a seat, son. There you go. You're at the if table now. The time, if I have the time. <laughs> that's right. Hey, that, that's how all of us do it. If we have the time, but meanwhile, every yeah. Sunday, here we are talking shit. <laughs> uh, Natalie Castaneda got second. Um, Leilani Rodriguez got third. Uh, Eliza Jimenez. Jimena. Amena, what fourth? I'm. Sh- I, you know, what I was shocked to see that um, Savannah Gomez wasn't there at this tournament. I, I know there's a lot of tough girls that didn't show up, but a lot of them usually go wrestle the folk style nationals. Um, so, I I had heard that she was maybe just needed a little bit of a break. Well, so she's been foot on the pedal. Put on yeah. the floor for a while, for, so almost a, all, over a year straight, she's been foot on the pedal, and it, you know, I mean, she got second this year, undefeated going to the finals. Um, okay, forty fours junior girls, Emily Patino, first place. Ooh, uh, guys, jo- Joanna Que of or Q of Albany, uh, Annie Hua, third place, Gianna Naya, fourth place, Beyonce Garcia, fifth place. Uh, Orion, Orion, Oriana Morales of Bakersfield. Um, dude, those top five are like names we talk about all the time. I think all that's a deep places. weight class. That's a deep weight class. Yeah. Yeah. Top six, please, at state, right? Yeah. Emily yeah. was third. Annie was fourth. Yeah, it's crazy. And the, and the sixth place girl got eighth at state. So that was a good Nile wrestled Q at Napa. And was putting it to her real good, and then got doubled to her back and pinned. I'm like, ah! Hey, Q's a monster, dude. Yeah, so I was, uh, that's why I was happy, and then we got stuck. We took her down like three or four times. At 52 girls, Hannah Riccoli, or Riccioli, sorry, of El Molino, won it over Annabelle Garcia from Sunnyvale. Uh, Jordan Gumfer of Casa, Casa Roble, wrestle, Roble Wrestling. I thought it was Casa Robles, but um, she got third. Brianna Juarez got fourth. I think that's the only names that were state placers. Uh, this next weight. 64. This is a tough weight. Monsters. Francesca Lopresti, who was a state finalist, got second. She won it. Alyssa Arana was fourth place, got second. Because she beat uh, in the semis. Look at that score. Yeah, Ariana Pereira, who is the state champ, got Whoa. third. Uh, Michelle Kamishian, who placed, what'd she place? She placed third at the weight below at 150. Uh, Samantha Calkins. I should have sworn she, maybe she was around away. She was at the blood round. No, she was seventh at 170. Wow. She went down, huh? Seventh at 170. Okay. And Maybe then, she was uh, Zena, Zena Hernandez. 
she didn't place. Wow, that's a that was a tough weight. And Romo, the the girl that took seventh, she was eighth at one seventy. Let's see. Damn, that's <sighs> yeah, you got a you got a deep weight, and then uh, at one eighty, Alina Arana of San Fernando got first, and I'm guessing she wasn't the starter. Adelina Parra was the starter there. Is that why she? In Anya. Um, Belen Marino of San Pasqual got second. Dalia Mendez of Mountain View got third, and Miram Avila got fourth. At 200, Adelina Parra first, Holly Espinosa of Albany second, Isela Mendez of Northview got third, and fourth was Kaylee Rivera of Wilseywood. And last but not least, the heavy-ish weights. Uh, Lillian McCoy, Petaluma, got first. Uh, which, she, did she not wrestle in the state? I said she took uh, third in heavyweight. Third heavyweight. Oh, she's Casa Grande, that's why. I was yes. In Petaluma. Okay, Tatiana Herrera of North Coast Grapplers, second. Uh, Lindsay Luna of Ranger Wrestling got third. <laughs> So top two were third and fourth in the state. So Richie Camacho didn't wrestle. No. Nope. So yeah, that that was the folk style state tournament, and I guess they leave in two weeks, I think, to go to Colorado Springs. Yeah. Which it sounds like a much better venue than Oklahoma was. But we'll see. Um good luck to all those girls out there and the ones that didn't wrestle that were a little banged up from the state tournament. Those two. Um you know, hopefully we can represent and win for California uh, again. Yeah. Uh, see the WCWAs happen this weekend too, or WCWC happen this yeah. weekend. Some California studs in that one. That right California. Uh, Hendricks, the national Fisk, champ. Olivia Fisk. There we go. Gould. Somebody put a list out. I saw that. There was quite a bit, quite a few. Is it on the California wrestler? No, it was on a Facebook page, but it's nonsense. Yeah, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? I'm trying to find it right now. Mm-hmm. Nah, there you go. WCW Nationals. Woohoo! All right. So, one of the one of the team scores. Yeah. Okay. Uh, McKendry, Simon Fraser, King. It's kind of a gap there. McKendry, 191. Simon Fraser, 178 and a half. And King, 123. Colorado Mesa has finished fourth at 92.5. Emmanuel at 86. North Central College at number six. Tiffin at number seven. And then, yeah, I kind of fell off from there. Not a super deep tournament, though, outside of those top three, four or five. But, no, um, definitely. It was... It was- like semis and on, it was tough. Yeah. So let's go to that bracket real quick here. Let's see if any California girls getting through here. Uh, 
McNichols, Washington. Aisha Washington from San Diego section. She's tough. She was tough in high school. Pauline Granados. Whoa. Making her way through to the finals. Granados winning it. Wow. What school was Pauline Granados from? She was from Carter, but Carter. then she but she was somewhere else first. Then she went to Carter. Yes, she, she transferred out. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Yep. So uh let's see here. One oh nine. Let's see here. Jeez. Emily Shilson. What what movie do you think she hit to pin somebody in forty three seconds in the first in the in the finals? I guess it'd be a tight, tight head and arm. Yeah, Suhei Seha in the finals wrestled her. She Suhei beats Gould to make yeah, the finals. Yeah, so solid, solid run for Suhei. Suhei out of which school? Uh, Tiffin, isn't she? Yeah, yeah I was just saying California school. Out of oh, Corona, San Jacinto, San Jacinto oh, by way of Corona. She graduated Corona. <laughs> The girls' side, Michael, in case you didn't know, rah, just ravaged with transfers. Let's see here. <laughs> Not Let's as see. bad as the Clovis North versus Selma, how they like almost have free agents that go back and forth. <laughs> you have a draft. Yeah. Draft, there you go. But can I ask you a quick question about this this tournament? You guys are looking at the WCWC, right? Yeah. Yep. What's the deal with WCWC and then the NAIA? Because so, my kind of local team is Menlo College, and they're going to the NAIA. They they could go to WCWC if they wanted to, but no. they're opting no. to go So, well, this is my understanding. is It used to be WCWA, which encompassed – it was all clubs and every school could go. This year is the first year for it's like division – one, two, and three NCAA, that's supposed to be their tournament. Now, this year, I think they might have let a couple other teams in, but next year, it's a, as soon as they get the emergence sport status official at NCAA vote this year, then it's supposed to be only NCAA and then NAI. There's only going to be two real tournaments, national champions through the year, um, or at the end of the year, is NAIA and WCWC, which will be division NCAA championships. I don't even think they're going to call it anything else. Have you heard Ramos? They're going to. Yeah, yeah, my understanding is it'll just be the NCAA championships, like all together and one, but they got to take the vote in April. For D1, right? Well, yeah, D2 and D3 already passed. Already approved it, yeah. And those were the bigger ones, D3, especially because they don't give athletic. So they were the biggest ones to get over the hump and they got them over pretty easy. So. But I guess my question is if Menlo went to this tournament, would they have won it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yes, they would have won it. Menlo, good job. Uh, solid girls in their program. So Felicity Taylor won one sixteen, who was almost not going to wrestle in college, and she just murdering. That would have been terrible. Hedricks beat Seistein in the finals four three. Anybody in the Consos? Gallegos, Stroud, Rankin. Nope. Nobody from California. Let's see here. Um, Hedrick is California, you know that, right? Hedrick is, yeah. yes. Yeah. Two-time state champion. Yeah. Yeah. Ward wins it over Martinez from NCC. Amanda Martinez. So let's see here. Uh, 136. Let's see here. Oh, Brutel over Garibay. Brutel is an animal. Oh, 
Yeah, I would not want to be in her way. She's a stud. Over Alara Boyd in the finals at 143, 55. Glade over Laurent. Laurent beat Fisk. Yeah. Fisk was. Dude, Jane <sighs> Laurent. I said it last year at Tech. She is my favorite person on her feet. She looks so smooth. Her footwork is super good. But, you know, I'd love to see just thrown in this. I wish they would let high schools go in it. Blades. Blades would be amazing. Uh, Rodier from UOWA wins it. Rodier's from California. Um, McAlude. Macroid from also from California took second. So all California final there. Q from Simon Fraser. And last but not least, 191. I believe my girl Cindy Kimber won this one. Yeah, Cindy Kimber from Alaska. Hey, it's a California podcast, not Alaska podcast. Hey, but Tavi took second to her. Tavi Heidelberg took second. Tavi's a cowboy. Hey, and then, then we gotta give uh, some love to Christina Santoyo. Yeah, from uh, yeah. and Julia Padilla, all American, also. Yep, took six. Yep, nice. Yeah, Santoyo, uh, from Monroe High School, Somar girl placed. So, good job for her. Um, we'll see. I know NAIs are in the, the coming up pretty soon, I think. Yeah, next week, it should be next week, I think. I think. So, yeah, they, had com- they had conference last week, so I think they get a week off and then go. Did they at Jamestown again this year? I don't know. They're probably somewhere cold. My guess would be they're somewhere cold. Yeah. They are. We have our first practice, so I can't. I would be totally game to go. All righty. All right. Anything else for us, guys? We have no. I have one, one question for Michael before we go. Since Nyla Valencia didn't wrestle much this year, well, should she have been seated? Or was that just like a, she didn't have enough going on yeah, in I the mean, I think scenario. She seated for one reason is that I can understand that she wasn't ranked for the season during the season. She mm-hmm. only wrestled two tournaments, right? I had her at number two at CCS at 106 and 111 back and forth. The number one girl was the Gustafson, the Santa Cruz girl that ended up, you know, she yeah. beat in the final of CCS. But I had her at number two, which I thought was fair. And um, having her unranked makes sense, but for seeding, she beat Gustafsson at CCS Finals. That proves Gustafsson was number seven ranked mm-hmm. before state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nyla beat Gustafsson, and then they both don't make the top eight, the final eight. See, so I think with a circumstance like Nyla, she proved it by winning CCS, and she won it you know, fairly handily, right? I mean, I think in, in our area, she could have been seated, unseated at CCS. She was going to win CCS. I mean, most people, most coaches – felt that she was a heavy favorite to win CCS. When she did that, she proved that she's a top eight caliber wrestler. Right? So, I mean, she's been around international scene, obviously. So she's yeah. got some very legitimate results. Um, but in a way, if they seed it to 10, you know, give her the number 10 seed, give her the number eight, nine seed, whatever, right? But I mean, when you limit to number eight, you're going to have those, you know, right, right on the cusp wrestlers who are really good and 
they're going to be the bracket busters, right? So right. it's not necessarily Nyla that got screwed. It was all, yeah, it was she beat, right? It was like the, the girl in the second round. You know, yeah, that's, the, that's a rough draw. The the two, the seven, and the whatever yeah. three that she beat along the way. Yeah, to get to the finals. Yeah, and then you know she could have easily been on the top half of the draw too, right? She could have faced uh uh the was it the frontier girl Valdivia in the finals. Yeah. That could have been a second round match too, and then the number two seed would have been like, "Great, I'm in the finals, right?" So, you know, those bracket busters—they're they're tough. But I think with Nyla, I think everyone knew she was really good, so I think she deserved the seed. I'm looking at yeah. I'll give you in CCS. She was number six seed, right? So she was number six seed. So the number three seed is like, "Shit, what the hell, <laughs> right?" I got to meet her in the quarterfinals. So crazy, the, right? and the CCS evidently they didn't take your rankings. I mean, consideration for the most part, but I think um, CCS they they rank or they seed via points, right? I, I I don't think there's too many other sections. I think San Diego does points too, but she had like 30 points. You know, the the top girls had like 100, 100, you know, plus. So I think she she got to see because they knew she was good. They didn't want her to be at the top half of the draw where she would have to face Gustafson, mm-hmm. you know, uh, early on. So they gave her the number six seed. I think they knew she was going to be, you know, a title contender in CCS. But I mean, again, for state, she should have she should have been seated. I think. I mean, I think she proved it, and I think a lot of people knew how good she was. So I, I just don't really quite understand the. No, I saw the logic was that you know a couple of girls moved down from a higher weight, so they kind of pushed both of them out. But I mean, Nyla's Nyla. I mean, I think she was top five going into the season, and you know she really proved it. You know, at the end. Yeah. Dude, I'm looking at the two first two weights in state. Five of the top sixteen girls were from the CCS. Yep. Yep. I think uh, four of them return. Four of them return. The only one that graduates is Melissa Lee. Uh, the Menlo girl, both of the 101 placers, aside from Lee, are freshmen. Nyla's a, a sophomore. Um, Gustafson is a junior. So, yeah, it's good times next year. CCS had 14 placers this year. Yep, 14. Yep. And, and how, many, how many do you qualify? We qualify four, so we qualify 56. And next year, we return seven state medalists and then 32 qualifiers, including two champions. Cool. Nice. CCS? Yeah, CCS uh, is looking to get that extra spot. Trying to add it up. Let's see here. Silver Creek was their one top 10 team. Yeah. Fremont, Gilroy put three in the top 15. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Just stuff to look at. Alrighty. You guys got anything else for us? No. We appreciate all you do on the boys' side, Michael, for sure. It's, no problem. No problem. It makes yeah, it so much out. easier to on a Monday to go click ccsrank.com, click on there and like Yeah. I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it, you know. I enjoy it. It's like a hobby. It's like this weird hobby that no one gets, you know. <laughs> like I try to explain it to people, they're like the fuck are you talking about? You know, well, you're not even coaching. What are you doing? What do you do for work? Fan, psycho fan. What? what do you do for work? What do you do for work? Uh, I work in San Francisco. I work for a hedge fund. Okay. So, so he's dealing with numbers all day. So clearly yeah, he likes. He's, he's definitely a numbers, numbers guy. You can tell. I like I like number and order. You know. Order, yeah. order. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, just so people understand, they don't think you're. You don't know. A school teacher or something so now, like, like everybody everybody knows my face now so but it doesn't matter because i don't really show up for tournaments anyway so. oh you should have heard my I'll tell you after we turn off the podcast 
<laughs> no, but I, I do get emails. I do get emails from people. They're like, I saw you at a tournament last weekend. You're chumming it up with the Miller coach, and I know you're biased. I'm like, that wasn't me. You know, so apologies to all the Asian Americans. What, what are they trying to say, Michael? What are you trying to say? I know. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that wasn't me. You know, that wasn't me. Let me. Oh, let me, like, I like to. I like to throw Josh out under the bus. Josh, why is it that Gable Stevenson catches so much flack for his little dancing and stuff like that, little things he does? But Austin DeSantos is revered for it. No, why is that? No way. Why? No, Austin no gets so way. much flack. Hey, I love Flo, it. Flo here's the thing. That guy. Flo here's the thing. That guy. Oh yeah, flows on his nuts. But oh, here's the thing. I love Gable Stevenson's antics. I don't like DeSantos' antics. I think Stevenson, no Stevenson makes it interesting and fun, where DeSanto's like kind of got a nut or two loose, he's gonna and he he's gonna, gonna hurt. hurt somebody. Yeah, he's gonna hurt Iowa somebody. Guy. You know, Iowa guy, you know Iowa, Iowa, yeah. Iowa wrestling. Oh, dude! Well, Drexel <laughs> couldn't con- Drexel couldn't control him, so he had to go to Iowa. Yeah, like that kid is. A, oh gosh, did you see that double leg RBY put on him out of bounds where he leaped in the air? Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, that scramble, yeah. No, that was. I was like, damn, that's that's so much fun. I'm telling you, one of these years, we all just have to go to the NCAAs together. I go. I'm, I've been a million times. I want to go again. But we should Did all... they ever host it in the West Coast? When hell, the last time they had it on the, West the hell would they ever do that? They nobody going to. Oh, Michael, don't tell me you're. you're you... Cal Poly. No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> My wife went to Poly. Trust me, I'm heartbroken by that program. But I also don't drink the Kool-Aid on Arizona State either. I, I think that that's, that is way too much hype. I don't think. Okay, let's let me ask you this: With without Zahid, does Arizona State finish in the top ten? No. Top fifteen? No. I don't think top twenty. I mean, they got shields. Yeah, top, they got shields. Like, what, one or two places? Two yeah. Places, Anthony. And they're heavyweight. And Anthony maybe. Yeah. Anthony maybe <laughs> shields and they're heavyweight. Like yeah, that's the thing. I'm like nah. Sorry, I'm, I haven't bought in on the Arizona State thing. I don't think I'm ever going to buy in on it because I don't think that it's a good enough staff. I did see some Fresno State guys beating some pretty high-ranked guys yesterday on, on uh, at the um, – I watching – what are they, in the Big 12? Yeah, they had a couple guys that were putting some work in, beating some highly-ranked guys. I was like, whoa, okay. Maybe I was wrong. So, all righty. Everybody, <laughs> everybody else good? Yeah. Um, well, again, we want to thank Michael for coming on. No uh, I, I apologize for being in my car again. <laughs> Literally, I sent everybody the picture. The hey, thing wiped out. Hey, everybody, send Ramos five bucks for his GoFundMe so he can pay the Wi-Fi bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually. I should have just lied and said I'm having the studio built at my house right now. It's not ready yet because of the embarrassment that I have now that I know people watch. So one of those things but anyhow all right well we're gonna we're gonna chat on get vocal if you guys uh want to see some nonsense you guys can go on there other than that we are done all righty so have a good night everybody